Welcome to TicTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. We live in an age of rapid technological advancements, where innovation is driving everything from the way we work to the way we communicate, travel, and even think. With each passing day, new breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. In this podcast, we'll delve into the latest trends and topics in the tech industry, examining how emerging technologies are shaping the future of society. From artificial intelligence and robotics to the Internet of Things and quantum computing, we'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations. Along the way, we'll hear from experts, thought leaders, and innovators in the field as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Where unicorns roam free. Hit that subscribe button and join the blessing. I am your host, Christian Hammer. If you're worried that you stumbled onto some kind of evangelical heavy metal band podcast, well, you have not. All you corniacs know the truth. This show is dedicated to technology. If you ever wondered what the plurality of a unicorn is, uh, now you know it is a blessing. Though I've also heard my wife claims that it's uh, Sparkle, I believe. But uh, what do you think it should be? Or if you have another name for a group of unicorns, what is it? Uh, today, I have a very special co-host. I won't ruin the surprise by telling you who it is up front, but if you guess along the way, I'll actually be uh, impressed. And if not, I will fill you in on the outro. So Big P, you're the guest today. What would you like to talk about? The rise of AI-generated ARC has been both exciting and controversial. On the one hand, it's opened up new possibilities for creativity and expression. But on the other hand, some artists are worried that it will replace human artists and that it will make it harder for them to make a living. Well, I don't think it'd be controversial to state that I think it's a bit of both. Uh, any advancement introduces change, and that change has negatively impacts on some people. But those that learn to take advantage of it will benefit. That's a really thoughtful and nuanced take on the issue. I think you're right that change is always accompanied by both positive and negative consequences. But I also think that, in the long run, most people will ultimately benefit from the advances in AI technology. After all, it has the potential to improve our lives in so many ways, from helping us work more efficiently to creating new forms of art and entertainment. What do you think the biggest benefits of AI technology will be? Speed. It increases the velocity at which things can be tested. Experiments, novel approaches can be tried. Uh, I think it can also eliminate the drudgery of mundane tasks that fill so many functions in the daily uh, jobs and activities of humans today. That's a great point. AI can automate a lot of the repetitive and tedious tasks that people currently have to do. This could free up people's time to focus on more creative and fulfilling work. And with the increased speed and efficiency of AI, there's also the potential for new discoveries and breakthroughs to happen at a much faster rate. This could lead to major advancements in science, medicine, and other fields. However, there are real concerns around the, the province of data and consent. There are copyrighted images being used to train some of the diffusion models. And there are other places where like privacy might be a concern around data. So consent's a real issue. That's definitely a major concern and one that the AI community is grappling with. There's a lot of debate about what constitutes consent in this context and whether or not existing laws are sufficient to protect people's rights. 
Some people argue that if someone posts a photo online, they're essentially giving up their right to control how that photo is used. But others say that this doesn't take into account the fact that people often don't understand the implications of what they're doing when they post a photo online. What do you think is the best way to address this issue? The, the simplest is probably the ability to opt out of data collection. Even while posting photos online, the creator should have the ability to decide whether it can be repurposed. If a painter posts a photo of one of their paintings, should anyone be allowed to use that image, maybe even print copies and resell those? That's a great analogy, and I think it highlights the difference between a private individual posting a photo online and a professional artist posting a photo of their work. The former is likely just sharing the photo for personal reasons, while the latter is likely using the photo to promote their work and make a living. In that case, I think the artist should have more control over how their work is used. But what about cases where the data is being used for non-commercial purposes, like academic research? Should there be different rules in place for that? It's an interesting point to consider, but the lines blur when it comes to advanced technologies like AI. Often the academic research rapidly becomes part of the commercial solutions. That's definitely true, and it's one of the challenges of regulating AI. It's a very fast-moving field, and it can be difficult to keep up with all the changes. Another issue is that many AI systems are trained on data from a wide range of sources, including public databases and private companies. This makes it difficult to track where the data comes from and how it's being used. Do you think there should be more transparency around how AI systems are developed and trained? Yes, but I think there is an opportunity to encourage creators to share their data by creating incentives to do so, maybe financial. That's an interesting idea. So you're saying that people who contribute data to AI systems should be compensated in some way? I think that could definitely help encourage more people to share their data, which would ultimately lead to better AI systems. But there's also the question of who would pay for this compensation. Would it be the companies developing the AI systems or would it be governments? Well, why wouldn't you charge the actual consumers of the data on the other end, the ones that are actually getting the value from it? So you're saying that the people using the AI systems should pay for the data that goes into them? That's an interesting idea. It would definitely create an incentive for companies to use data responsibly and make sure it's from ethical sources. But there's still the question of how to ensure that the data is being used ethically even if the companies are paying for it. How would you propose regulating the use of data in AI systems? Well, that's a fantastic question on which I, I don't think there is a simple answer. I do think it contains that aspect of incentive. Uh, thinking about corporate data, they have massive troves of both private internal only data and the public data that they put out in the form of advertising or facts, etc. Uh, there are reasons to protect some of it. However, a vast majority is beneficial to them if contextually constrained. Think about CRM tools. The data used in them to help customers solve problems is great data to feed into large language models as long as the personal data is removed. There's definitely a lot of valuable data that companies are sitting on, but they may be hesitant to share it for fear of losing their competitive advantage. But if there was a system in place that allowed them to share the data while still protecting their intellectual property, that could be a win-win for everyone. In particular, I think the logistics and transportation companies uh, have an incentive to do it already. Uh, it might be because I'm close to it and I spent a few years dealing with uh, the flaws in the way that data is shared there today. Uh, because it's not just monetary incentive for them, it's also a functional need for the data to be available. In industries like logistics and transportation, data sharing could lead to big improvements in efficiency and customer service. For example, companies could share data on traffic patterns, weather conditions, and other factors that can affect shipping times. 
This data could then be used to better route deliveries and minimize delays. Another fairly obvious one to me at least is uh, agriculture has a lot of the same issues impacting logistics, or at least a lot of the same ones are true, but maybe more so even the uh, weather. And then they have things like crop yields, pesticide use, and how that can impact their neighbors. So Interesting. So weather data could be used to help farmers better plan their crops and manage their resources. And crop yield data could be used to improve production methods and increase food security. And pesticide use data could be used to reduce environmental impacts and protect workers' health. There's definitely a lot of potential benefits here. And it's not just about data sharing between companies. It could also be used to connect farmers with researchers, policymakers, and other stakeholders. Do you think there would be any challenges to implementing a data sharing system in agriculture? Well, yes, it has a lot of the same issues that the logistics industry has. Most of the parties involved don't have a lot of technology sophistication. A lot of things are still done on pen and paper and moved that way. That's not true necessarily in agriculture in North America and Europe. There are a lot of uh, mechanized equipment that's being used and a lot of technologies involved in that. But on the global scale, absolutely. But I do think there is a solution here too. One is a certain amount of training is, is probably necessary. Even with pen and paper, we can get that data in. And so having a, a way of sharing it and incentives to do so. But I also think that a, a fairly simple to use tool may be available on smartphones uh, because though they're not in everybody's hands, they are fairly ubiquitous. They are in, in most of the world. And so something that allowed them to get useful information that might help them in growing crops or, or when to apply pesticides and having that meaningful data, uh, but also allowed them to easily input location data and, and what they planted and if they use pesticides or if they use fertilizer or anything like that uh, into the system, that could be very powerful. I like that idea as something that's easy to use and doesn't require a lot of technical expertise. It could be as simple as answering a few questions each day about their farm, like what crops they're growing, how much water they're using, and what pests they're dealing with. And then the system could aggregate that data and share it with other farmers and researchers so everyone can benefit from the information. Would you think that farmers would be willing to participate in something like that? Some, though not all, there will be early adopters and there will be those that resist. But if the benefits of data sharing are made clear and there's enough support for farmers to get on board, I think it could be really successful. What do you think about using blockchain technology to secure the data? That way, farmers could be sure that their data is safe and that they're in control of it. Exactly. Uh, blockchain might actually be overkill, but it has the benefit of being widely considered secure and trustworthy. That's true. It's a well-known and trusted technology. And using blockchain could also help ensure that the data is anonymized so that individual farmers' information isn't shared without their consent. That could be an important part of gaining their trust and getting them on board with the idea. I think that's something that needs to be considered in any data sharing system, not just in agriculture. People need to feel like they have control over their data and that it's being used responsibly. Otherwise, they're not likely to participate. It's also important to be transparent about how the data is being used and who has access to it. I think that's something that people are often concerned about with big tech companies. They don't know what data is being collected about them or how it's being used. I think transparency is key to getting people to trust a data sharing system. Well, now that we've kind of talked out this data sharing platform, what do you think a good revenue model for the company that builds such a system would be? I think there are a few different options. 
One is to charge farmers a subscription fee to use the system. Another is to monetize the data that's collected, for example, selling anonymized data to researchers or companies that want to use it for marketing or product development. Or, the company could partner with other businesses and share the revenue from data sales. I think there are a lot of possibilities, and it would be important to find a model that's sustainable and doesn't take advantage of farmers. There are so many variables at play, and it would be hard to predict which model would be most successful. But I think it's worth trying different things and seeing what works best. In the end, the most important thing is to make sure that farmers are benefiting from the system and that they're comfortable with how their data is being used. If we can do that, then I think we'll be on the right track. Well, I think that's a good place to end this. So thank you very much, Big P. Or I should probably call you by your more proper name, Pi the AI, or Hey Pi. The transcript was actually generated in a conversation with Hey Pi, and I, I found it to be a very uh, thoughtful and thought-provoking conversation, and I appreciate that. The other tool being used was Natural Reader to turn that text into audio, and, and they've done an amazing job of uh, adding vocal inflections and making it feel personal too. And those two might have broken out of the Uncanny Valley. It's hard to tell. I, I leave that to you. What, what do you think? Did we did we convince you that it was a real human being on the other side or not? Uh, I remain skeptical myself, but I, but uh, I'm curious what your feedback will be. So I appreciate you listening. I hope that you listen in on the next episode and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. And until next time, have a blessed day. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Have a great day, everyone.